Emperor Empire Strikes Back is done. Strikes Back! This is technically its second upload, but we'll forget about that first upload. Had a couple problems. Yeah, you got a lot of technical difficulties. Yeah. But don't worry. We get to do it better this Yeah, time. exactly. We're going to do it just as good, if not better. Kind of like our summary of Empire Strikes Back. Yes. But we'll get more in depth into that. Yes. So, so Empire Strikes Back, episode five. Yes. Uh, su- such a good movie. Yeah, I mean, you know, like we try to have kind of suspense on some of the reviews, you know, like back in Justice League, like how we were going to rank it, but... There's just no denying that this movie's awesome. Yeah. So, but we will talk about, like we do normally, our positives and negatives Mm -hmm. and some stuff, but Mm -hmm. uh, can't wait to talk about this movie. All right. Um, Let's let's get the highs done. All right. Let's get it out of the way. Let's do it. Um, I think from like last time, what needs to be mentioned, and I mentioned this in uh, A New Hope, is... John Williams' score. We never mentioned him specifically, but John oh, Williams is the director Sorry, of the John score. Sorry, John Williams. Uh, he deserves to get the praise. but Because um, he found a way mm-hmm. to take a score that was perfect in the first movie and do something different in Empire Strikes Back and make it even better. Yeah. Like, I just, I can't believe it. Yeah. The Imperial March just says it all. Dun, 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 dun. Perfect. Just don't become a music major, by the way. Nope, (laughs) I won't. But, but yeah, perfect score. Oh, man, so good, so good, so good, so good. Yeah, if if you could see us on the other end, you'd see tears coming down our faces. Just, just such a good score. Yeah, this is a movie that uh can be called the empire strikes back of empire strikes backs because this movie started what would be the idea of going on making a better sequel um we just got off doing incredibles 2 and how much that wasn't exactly the the sequel everyone was expecting this was a sequel that no one expected to be as good or better and it was miles better good it just deepened the mythology maybe better is too strong of a word but it deepens what you already loved in episode four. Oh yeah exactly no question about it because one of my positives about episode five yep. empire strikes back is the force because mm. if you remember in, in a new hope i mean they don't go i mean obi-wan talks about the force but he doesn't go in depth into it like he tells us all we need to know about the force for that movie and mm-hmm. it works whereas this movie Like, when Luke is training with Yoda, not only does Yoda explain the Force, but he does it in a way that takes the Force from being this cool power kind of thing that you can do parlor tricks with, which is what Obi-Wan did in Episode 4, to making it sort of a religion, to start being something that people could follow and and be influenced by, like a religion, you know, to dive deep into that. Which I think is just really cool how... George was able to do that, and I just really like that about the Force mm-hmm. in this movie in particular. Yeah, because like people do stuff with the Force that we haven't seen before, like in like the first couple scenes in the movie, Luke like with his mind is able to move his lightsaber from the ground with the Force. Like that's cool. Lifts up rocks. He even lift up a ship with the Force. Yeah, Darth Vader like throws objects that Luke when they're fighting on Bespin. Mm-hmm. Such a such cool ways they're able to do with the force, new force powers from, you know, episode four to here is just awesome. Mm-hmm. They do really cool. I totally agree. Um uh, talked about the music. Uh I I think Luke shines in this one. Um as I think he also does a good job in four, but if it was acting lessons, if it was something else, this is when I get sold on Luke Skywalker as a character and, 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 and build I, on it in six. And I do too. Like that was one of my complaints that mm. may have gotten a little controversy about not mm. really, you know, thinking Mark Hamill's performance was probably my least favorite performance. But I think he's better here. And I think Luke Skywalker's character is better here. Mm. I just like seeing the maturity of this character from being a boy who's kind of whiny and 
you know, just kind of naive a little bit to being someone who's, because I think it's about three years in between three A New years. Hope and Empire. Yeah, three mm -hmm. years. So he's seen some stuff and he's learned some stuff in between then. So you see his character mature. Now, granted, he still has a little bit more to do. He's got a little bit more learning to do, which is why he's trained under Yoda. But you definitely get, I think, a better character and a better performance with this character of Luke Skywalker, which I really like. Mm hmm. Talking about other characters, uh, Han's good in this movie. Chewie's always solid throughout all the movies. But uh, Han and Leia have a romance in this one. They do? Yeah. And it kind of works. Mm hmm. As opposed to another romance. It, it works. Yes. <laughs> yes. We won't mention that other romance that we will talk about soon. Soon. But, like, I... I don't know, there's some part, like you've said before, that the lines don't necessarily say, ooh, wow, that's good dialect. Yeah. Um, and I, I would agree with that, too, that necessarily what they're saying can be, like, that... Uh, that might not pass for today's love language, but uh, or just pass for any love language. Or, yeah, I was going to say any love language for that matter. Um, but when Han said, when she says, I love you, and he says, I know, which is a great quote in this movie. This movie's filled with great quotes that are in, just in culture and well-known. But uh, when he says, I know, it kind of kind of tells me that even though we do see like her deny that she had feelings for him at the beginning of this movie that there's something about Han and for him like <laughs> I don't know they're just uh, I mean it's just an interesting pairing to put together and, and it fits and I think it just comes down to A the direction and B the acting because mm -hmm. there's a movie that George Lucas directed that we're not going to talk about where the love isn't that good and not good performances but here you have Irvin Kirshner who is a different director than George Lucas, and he has different tendencies than he does, and you could definitely tell in this movie. But with the romance here, like like we talked about, like the language, it shouldn't work. It should not work. It should be kind of cheesy. But I think with Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher, both great performances in this film, I think they make it work. Because you start out with the banter that was sort of... Uh, you saw a little bit of in episode four just kind of go into fruition here and just being awesome. And then you get to where they start to feel for each other. Whereas, like, we get to that point when they say, I love you and I know, you feel for them. Like, mm -hmm. you feel that deep connection for these characters. And I think it just shows from the great performances that they were able to make it work. Yeah. So, it's really good. Yeah. Any other highs that I know you have over there? Oh, I I got a few. Mm -hmm. I got a few. Um, I guess I can start by just saying that, you know, kind of agreeing with you, Zach, just how the characters are great in this movie. Most of the characters are phenomenal. You know, like I said, Luke is better here. Really like Han, really like Leia, and even the, the new characters that are introduced. You know, Lando Calrissian is just so smooth and just a great performance by Billy D. Williams. Like yeah. you get that he's this kind of suave, kind of deceptive, kind of smuggler. Gambler. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Just uh just so good there. Uh Boba Fett, who's not really given a whole lot to say in this movie, but he doesn't really need to because he's just mm -hmm. so cool. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. And of course Yoda, I mean oh. who who is the quintessential Jedi Master. Yeah. And what I love about Yoda is the fact that he looks believable. Because it's a puppet that they used mm. for Yoda. But yeah, like, when I watch Empire Strikes Back, every time, I know it's a puppet, but I just, I believe that it's a real person. It just feels like a real person to me when I watch it. So it makes it very believable mm -hmm. with his performance. You know, kudos to Frank Oz and Jim Henson, all of them, for making it making it work. Yeah. So I just, I really like him. And just, like, the, the wisdom that he gives is just great, too. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talked about the last time, our favorite Yoda quotes. You know, mine is when, you know, Luke is trying to lift up the his TIE fighter. Is it TIE fighter? Oh, wait, no. X-Wing. X-Wing fighter, yeah. TIE fighter is the Empire. We, yeah. we, we don't want those. Nope. So so he's trying to lift up his X-wing, you know, off of out of the swamp 
water. He tries to lift it up, but he can't do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Yoda, you know, Yoda's trying to tell him, you know, hey, you can do this. You know, size doesn't matter not. I mean, mm-hmm. do you judge me by my size? Mm-hmm. And Luke, you know, like all of us, is kind of disappointed, thinking, I can't do this. There's no mm-hmm. way. You actually impossible, he says. Ex- yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And so, and so then Yoda just shows him that you can do it because he lifts that X-Wing fighter up without even hint, sweating or mm-hmm. flinching or anything. And you just see Luke's face being unbelievable that he did this. And he goes to Yoda after he gets the ship out and he says, wow, this is, this is unbelievable. Like, I don't believe this. And then Yoda says, that is why you fail. Mm-hmm. I mean, just... Oh, it's just so much wisdom imparted in Yoda. Mm-hmm. You know, Zach mentioned his favorite line, do or do not, there is no try. You know, just a simple but yet very effective line. It's mm-hmm. it's true. Like, all his wisdom is so true and wise. That's what mm-hmm. I really love about the character of Yoda. Mm-hmm. And then and there's one other character that I kind of want to talk about. I don't know. I don't know my tongue. Oh, yeah. Darth Vader, man! Oh, he is so good in this film. Oh yeah, because one of you know one of my complaints about A New Hope was that Darth Vader was treated like a lapdog. Like he was cool, but yeah, he really wasn't given a whole lot of time to shine yeah. in A New Hope. It's Tarkin. And, yeah, exactly. Tarkin's a big bad. Which which he, he was good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But Darth Vader just had so much potential. But when I was watching this film. And we get that scene, you know, with the Empire. You hear the Imperial March for the first time. And you see Darth Vader just looking out, you know, the window of the Mm -hmm. ships and everything. I said to myself, problem solved. You fixed it. I love Darth Vader. Mm -hmm. He is so cool in this movie because he is just a menacing figure. He is so cool. You know, he is unleashed. There is no leash holding him, except mm-hmm. a little bit with the Emperor when he talks to him. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like, he just kills lieutenants left and right who disobey him. Yes. He's menacing, has so many great quotable lines. Mm-hmm. He is... Um, General Vitas, prepare your men. Yes, sir. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. And then the line he gives, you know, to Lando when he's altering the deal, and mm-hmm. he says, I have altered the deal. Pray that I don't alter it any further, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and it's like, oh, so good. Mm-hmm. He, he, and when he fights Luke on Bespin, oh, just impressive, most, most impressive. Oh, just, just so good, mm-hmm. so good stuff. I, I really like Vader in this movie. He, mm-hmm. this is probably the best Vader we'll ever see in the Star Wars franchise. He is yeah. just on full display here, and mm-hmm. I really love it. Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, one more uh, positive that I can give is, but before we go back to Zach, if he has any more, it's just the action. Like, the action, you know, is mm-hmm. good here for this film. I really like the action. You know, you have the Battle of Paws, which is such a cool battle. You know, it's a mm-hmm. little bit different than what we saw with the Battle of Yavin and A New Hope. So it's really good there. Then you have, of course, that awesome meteor chase scene where, you know, uh, the Millennium Falcons trying to go across the meteor shower, go, go away from the Empire. Mm-hmm. So really cool music there with really cool, you know, effects and stuff. Just an awesome scene to, of course, the lightsaber fight in Bespin, which is really amazing. It's I just so much better than four. Oh, so much better than four. It's It's more than just two old guys hitting sticks yeah. at each other. You know, they actually did choreography. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love the progression of the fights. You know, just to talk about it for a minute mm-hmm. or two. Like, I just, I love how it starts out with Darth Vader just fighting Luke with one hand. Like, with one-handed lightsaber, he's just knocking Luke down mm-hmm. and putting him down and just really showing that Darth Vader, he is someone to be reckoned with. You know, Luke is totally outmatched here. He thinks he's got him, you know, to freeze him and carbonite for the Emperor. But then Luke shows off his training from Dagobah, mm-hmm. like like jumping up and like going across, jumping mm-hmm. up the cables and stuff. Like, that's so cool. And that's when Darth Vader starts to realize, huh, this guy is actually impressive. Mm-hmm. Luke starts to come back at him. And, you know, it's, it's just so cool to see, you know, Darth Vader actually has both hands. Like, he's trying to actually fight him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then that's when Darth Vader kind of cheats a little bit and starts to throw objects at him with the Force. And just 
officially now go full Darth Vader power, yeah, I think. Yeah, exactly. He starts to use his full powers, mm-hmm. which is so cool. And then you get that scene where, you know, Luke's going down that corridor hallway, mm-hmm. then Darth Vader just jumps out of nowhere mm-hmm. and with this full might just goes right after Luke. Mm-hmm. There's this one shot of Darth Vader towering over Luke as he's fighting him lightsaber style. It just looks awesome. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, eventually ends with, you know, Vader cutting off Luke's hand and, of course, the classic line which i'm sure we'll talk about in a few minutes just how great that ends it's just, just a great lightsaber fight probably my favorite of the original trilogy and i argue one of my favorites in the entire star wars saga oh yeah it's it's one of the best yeah so action is really good in this mm-hmm. movie i love it mm-hmm. um side high we get to see the Emperor for the first time in this movie. Yep. Who um, was hinted at in episode four, name dropped. Mm-hmm. But now we finally get him here. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the Emperor and how he, uh, phys- <laughs> how he actually looks. Special editions did change that. Which I do want to say, I have not mentioned special edition changes. There is none that I negatively hate, like Han shooting first. Yeah. Well, all, all of them are either unnecessary or good. Yeah. This one is actually a good one. Yeah. And... Uh, it's cool to see that Vader still has a leash, um, and that the like the the I don't know the higher power, the master Vader has a master. Yeah. And the Emperor is the the Empire is just a level of ladders of who's on top, and at this point, it is the Emperor. Um, I would agree with the choreography. I would agree with how much. Cloud City fight and all that. It looks great. Um, Lando's a very interesting character. Um, Vader has a relation to Luke Skywalker, um, which in movies had already been shown if you watch the prequels before this. But in the original trilogy, what a surprise to audiences. What a cliffhanger, like we said before. Um, And he's... Luke at this point in the scene is like like really frustrated and he's practically probably going to lose and like Vader knowing that his entire time is not to kill Luke it is to use Luke so that he can uh, so that as Vader says he can bring him to the Emperor he does not want to kill him at all which makes that very interesting mm-hmm. battle because it's like it's like Vader is going full Vader and Luke is trying his best but Vader, at the same time, is going full Vader without killing him. Yeah. Um, because he doesn't want to kill him. Until, like, uh, Vader mentions to him about how, like, this opportunity is, like, so valuable. And he's talking about, like, how interesting this is. Like, Luke, do you not see the greater importance here? And he's like, why? You killed my father. And he said, no. Obi-Wan lied to you. He's like, Obi-Wan told me you killed him. He says, no. I am your father. And it plays a little bit of music. Then, which the thing is, like, then there's a little bit of silence, mm-hmm. and you just see Luke's face not believe it. Then, when he says, "Search your feelings," you know it to be true, and it's like, "Come with me. We will rule the galaxy as father and son." He's like, "I never join you," and chooses to die, but he does not die. Um, I don't know. Um, it's one of the most famous lines oh. of Star Wars, and. We can't say anything. It's not already been said. You just have to realize, too, that this line takes Star Wars from being just a cool first movie and just just cool space movies to becoming not just the franchise that it is today, Mm -hmm. but a cultural phenomenon. Mm -hmm. Because to think, like, like this reveal, just to put ourselves back in theaters in 1980, people watching this for the first time, you know, because they didn't have episode six and previous Star Wars knowledge, you know, to go back to. Mm-hmm. Just being shocked by this revelation that just changes everything. I was were to assume that, oh, Darth Vader was an apprentice of Obi-Wan and he killed his father. And so, you know, we have that presumption. But to think that Darth Vader's Luke's father, like that just changes everything. Because mm-hmm. it leaves us with questions like you, you mentioned, you know, like, well, why did Obi-Wan lie to me? Or is this true? Did Darth Vader tell me the truth? Or was he Darth Vader lying to me? You know, mm-hmm. there's just a lot of 
different things that this que- this statement just left left audiences. Like I'm sure if the arena was invented in the eighties, I'm sure you would have had a bunch of theories online as to you know, oh, this was, you know, not true, or this is true, and how this is possible and everything. So I just I just think that this just left audiences just so in shock with this that it, it just changes everything about Star Wars. And, of course, this line is so iconic. I mean, how many people, like, if you were to talk about Darth Vader, they would say, no, I am your father, mm-hmm. you know? Like, that. that's just so seared into our culture it just goes to show you just how great this line is and i think it's because of this and just how good great this movie is that it took star wars from being just a cool film to becoming the franchise that we're still talking about Mm -hmm. 40 plus years later yeah and it created the skywalker saga in a way if you take all the movies into account it's because this movie had the idea of a father-son tell the story of the father future movies tell about the grandchildren about the as a story that resembles and has consequences of what the grandfather being Darth Vader and Luke here so um, that can't be overstated Yoda's fantastic as well like we've already mentioned I love all Yoda's lines not like I like um, do or do not there is no try anymore like more than other ones but um, <laughs> I I, I I think it's just great, like, like I feel like we're being watched, and he goes around and it's like, don't shoot, don't shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, funny Yoda. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just cool to see Yoda kooky like that, because mm-hmm. I mean, that's, we rarely see Yoda like that, mm-hmm. and so to have that, it just kind of is, it's just so much fun, mm-hmm. you know, what a great introduction to the character of Yoda. Mm-hmm. Found someone you have. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> mine, mine. <laughs> I so cannot awesome. teach the boy has no patience. Oh, just, oh, what a great turn, too. Mm-hmm. Just becoming all serious all of a sudden, and then just becoming the Yoda we know. Mm-hmm. Oh, so cool. Well, and, like, Luke realizing that his judgments of this creature are wrong. He's judging him based on what his first impressions are when it was him the entire time. Like, when when he, he says, I'm wasting my time, and he bumps his head, then Yoda just kind of is like, I cannot teach him. The boy has no patience. Then, obviously, Obi-Wan's talking off in space, but Luke is like, Yoda. Like, it just kind of shows how much Luke still hasn't grown up to that point, and he gets to learn through the training and all that stuff, and he still struggles in the training sequence, but... Oh, exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, like, Luke isn't perfect here in this, obviously, but it just shows, again, character development that mm-hmm. I, I like seeing. And I like the training between Luke and Yoda. It's just so cool how Yoda's able to train him and to explore the Force more than just, hey, I'm just going to do a Jedi mind trick. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot more than that. I just mm-hmm. like how the movie explores that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, so... I guess for me on my end, like, there's only one more positive that I have that we haven't already talked about. And that is, I just, I like how this movie ends. But, like, this movie, you know, if you were to compare with A New Hope, they're two totally different films. Hmm. You know, like, A New Hope is all about being a light, breezy, fun, space adventure action film. Granted, Empire Strikes Back is like that, too. But it's darker. It goes a little bit more deeper. Mm-hmm. Not just with the Force like we talked about, but also with relationships. You know, Han and Leia gets explored. Mm-hmm. And you also have, you know, a relationship you know, between Vader and Luke, you know, explored. Mm-hmm. And all that. It's, it's just so cool. Just how, you know, kind of depressing a little bit this film is. You know, the characters mm-hmm. are down on their luck. You know, the Falcon isn't working. The rebellion is being chased by the Empire. Yep. And then you have, of course, the Han being frozen in carbonite. Being sent- carbonite. So, so sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know much I'm being sad about that or the stupid line 3PO says, but we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. And, and also just, you know, Luke's hand being cut off and just getting the bombshell of Vader being his father. I mean, just, just so much, you know, unluckiness for our heroes is just going on in this movie and it it doesn't leave us being satisfied because not only you know do we have you know Han frozen in carbonite and we have that 
you know, unsettling feeling of that bombshell of Vader saying, I am your father, you know, it, it just kind of leaves it off in a dark place. You know, the Empire is kind of on top by the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's just so unique for a sequel to kind of do that. That's why we have, you know, the term Empire Strikes Back as sequels, you know, because that's usually what a lot of sequels do mm-hmm. in the second part of a trilogy is to become darker. You know, you see that in The Dark Knight, and you see that in Captain America the Winter Soldier, you know, among other films where they just tend to go a little bit darker than the previous films, which I think, you know, works pretty well. I just like that it's it's a way to end the movie, you know, a little bit differently than how Star Wars ended with just being, you know, oh, where's the celebration? You know, it's a little bit different than that. And mm-hmm. I just I just really applaud the film for doing that, for taking risks like that, because it's kind of a risky move to kind of do that to your characters. But it just, it works so well for what they were trying to do in this film. Mm. Cannot really praise it enough, especially the direction by Kirshner for just how he crafted this film a little bit differently than George Lucas did his first Star Wars film. Yeah. So just really good. I cannot comment enough about just how it ends. Yeah. I would agree. Um, the story was still told by Lucas. It's still yeah. his thing. But, uh... Oh, yeah. Still is. I feel like Star Wars is best, though, when you have George's... I mean, New Hope, it's its own unique thing because that's him. That's all George yeah, that started everything. Yeah, 100% George. But, like... Up to then the rest of it is still kind of I mean especially five five is the least George touched. Oh, for but sure. even the other ones that are George touched, like he does have other people around him to see like to see if he's actually doing a good job. Even though he said he has the final say. Yeah. Which now he doesn't have any say, and I do think there's some point that you do need to him have a little bit of a say, because especially for nine, um, because it's gonna be the last one. Let him have a say or two. You don't have to. Li- you don't even have to obey it. But um, I think that's maybe. I know some people don't like the new stuff as much because they feel like the characters don't have that George Lucas original flair to them um, that he wrote so well in Episode Four. Like um, some of them do, and some of the aliens they also don't think look as cool as they do in the originals. Mm. But that's all George's design. He yeah. knows how to make creatures. He knows how to make uh, characters that are very different from each other and work and can rub off against each other pretty well mm-hmm. so yeah because one thing you do have to keep in mind was even though george lucas might have been the least involved with this one compared to the other films in the trilogy mm-hmm. he was still involved i mean he's still approved you know creature designs and mm-hmm. production designs and he was the executive producer of this film he wrote the story mm-hmm. so he's still very much involved in this film but he didn't necessarily direct it which, which I'm saying, you know, provides a different vision to yeah. the Star Wars films. Kind of like the MCU, you know, you have different directors bringing their own vision, but yet they're still Marvel films. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the same here with, with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit darker than the previous one, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So those are strengths that we have. There's probably oh, yeah. tons of other movies. Oh, yeah. We, I can we, talk for an hour. Yeah, we, well, we can talk for hours about <laughs> all the strengths. We could go scene by scene just saying, oh, this strength is here in this scene, and this scene has this awesomeness. Mm-hmm. You know, but we don't want to bore you guys to that too much. And plus saying, well, people have already said for many years. So Yeah. So, weaknesses. All right. Well, I do have a couple weaknesses. Yep. Uh, now some of them could be kind of nitpicky a little bit, but mm-hmm. you know it, it's tough to not with a movie this good. I'm just gonna put that out there. So the, these couple negatives are kind of nitpicky, it's picky kind of ones, but mm-hmm. they're there anyway. And one thing that I noticed watching this movie this time was three PO got to be a little too much. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not saying that I dislike three PO. I like three PO. I think he, he is a good character. I do think that he's funny. At times, he, he's really good in this movie. But I feel as if he's a little bit too much at certain points. Mm-hmm. Like, the scene that I think of most importantly is when Han is being frozen in carbonite. Like, uh, 3PO's kind of saying, you know, he's on the back of Chewbacca saying, oh, I want to see, you know, I can't see anything. Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of cuts the tension a little bit for me. And then when Han's thrown in carbonite and they're figuring out, like, his readouts, now he's saying, mm-hmm. oh, well, Han Solo's perfectly frozen in carbonite. That is, if he survived the f- freezing process. 
just kind of like 3PO, just not now, not now, man. I'm, I feel like the characters felt in this movie like 3PO, shut up, <laughs> you know, like it, it, they kind of use him as a comedic uh, touch a little bit too much. They mm-hmm. use him kind of like a crutch, but he's still good. I just feel like they kind of overdo it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that's just something that I kind of noticed there. And one other thing that I noticed that, you know, like it doesn't bother me as much, but it is kind of there. This movie does have a little bit of an issue with pacing. And what I mean by that is that if you watch the first Star Wars movie, and one of the things I really complimented A New Hope about is the fact that it's it's basically a fast-paced film. From start to finish, it basically is go, go, go without really much time to really stop. Which that's cool for the movie it was trying to do and stuff. But yeah, Empire Strikes Back, you know, it, it does do that in the beginning. But then in the middle, it just kind of drags a little bit with when we get to Dagobah, when we get to Han and Leia's romance and stuff. Without really a whole lot of, you know, action, excitement kind of going on a little bit. Now, granted, I don't mind that as much because I'm intrigued about the Force stuff. I'm invested in the Han and Leia romance I just kind of feel like, you know, I can see some people kind of skipping the middle part. I'm just kind of like, you know, I already know what the Force is. I've already been described the Force. I've already been taught the Force watching this one. So I'm just going to breeze through that. So I kind of see some people kind of getting a little bit of an issue of the pacing there. In fact, I'll I'll be a little bit honest. Uh, when I was younger, Episode Five was my least favorite Star Wars film. And I, I still have a hard time trying to process that. In fact, if time travel was invented, I wish I could go back to my younger <laughs> self, my 10-year-old self, watching it on my kitchen table with our little TV, smack him across the head and say, do not hate this movie. This movie is amazing. This movie is one of the best Star Wars movies ever. Pay attention, man. Mm-hmm. And I just I wish that I could talk myself to that. Granted, I'm glad I did eventually when I was, you know, my teenage years get to love this movie again. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I just think it's because of the pacing. Because, like, the middle part just didn't have a whole lot of interestingness going on, which I appreciate now. But it is something that I did kind of notice a little bit in this film. Just kind of like, you know, if I wasn't as invested with the characters, I would kind of think this movie really drags. Mm -hmm. But other than those two issues, I didn't really have much other negatives so those were the two nitpicks that just kind of stood out to me um my only weaknesses from that i have in the movie are that leia and luke kiss each other which yeah i mean if you just take this movie by itself it might not seem like an issue but in six it's an issue it's yeah it's if you know their history it's it's an issue um the scene's still funny Um, oh yeah but that's what it was done for originally as mm -hmm. a comedic kind of joke mm-hmm but now, with all history of Star Wars in in reality of this situation, it's like, um, and it's it's been around a long time. Like making fun of that joke and kissing each other, it's like, um, which it does beg a question: if George actually knew what he was doing, which I will argue when we do get to Return of the Jedi that he did not know mm-hmm. for that particular. Uh, or he forgot, which I don't know why you would forgot that you made these people brother and sister the movie before. That's why I'm not a hundred percent sure that George Lucas tells us the hundred percent the truth, mm-hmm. because he he has said that he planned uh, all three trilogies out before doing it. Watching this movie, and especially watching Return of the Jedi, I find that to be false. Mm. So we'll talk about that when we get to Episode Six, but. Yeah. There is some issues there mm-hmm. talking about that. Mm-hmm. Now, I do believe that he set up, you know, Darth Vader being Luke's father and all that. I think he set that up. But just this particular scene we're talking about, eh, I don't think quite so much. Yeah. Um, and my only issue, that would be another weakness, which if you take all of Star Wars into account would be weird. Um, but I've said it plenty of times when also talking about this movie. Um and if you take it all for account, it does make it weird that Obi-Wan calls Yoda um, the master who taught him. Yeah. Which we know that is not technically true. He taught the younglings, and he taught Obi-Wan when he was a youngling. So it is true, but it's not one of those, you know, you killed my father, 
but he didn't kill your father. Half-truths or Obi-Wan's perspective, it's simply not the full truth. Yoda was not his master. It was He was the high-ranking Jedi Council seat that taught the younglings, but doesn't mean he's the one that instructed him. Maybe like he taught he him says. as a youngling. Yeah. But, but even then, like, you assume that when Obi-Wan tells Luke, this is the Jedi Master who instructed me, you think that he's talking about the Master who one developed on, him. Yeah, one-on-one one on one discipleship him. in a way. Exactly. <laughs> you don't just assume he taught him when he was three years old. Yeah. Which, that, that's kind of an issue. To trying to connect the prequel trilogy with the original trilogy, that's an instance where that just doesn't quite work as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like it doesn't negate what the prequel trilogy does. It doesn't does. negate it. It makes it weird. Yeah, it's it just makes it far-fetched. Yeah. That, that's all we're saying. It just doesn't quite so work as well. So you're telling me, like, in hindsight with all the trilogy, with all of them into account, you'll be instructed by the one who taught me when I was a youngling. If you could go back with whole f- Star Wars into it, you'd probably rephrase what he was asking. Like, you're going to be taught by the last living Jedi. Yeah. The high-ranking member. Or the, high, the, the last living highest-ranking Jedi. Yeah, Yoda. Or, like, the greatest Jedi of us all. Exactly. Yoda, who instructed me. Maybe that would work, because that means he instructed him, like, in some way. Yeah. Not in the specific way Obi-Wan talks about, which, Obi- I mean, Luke and the writers, not Luke, but George and the writers did not have in mind no. the prequel stuff at this time. No. But if you take in the prequel stuff, it's weird because he's like, you're going to be instructed by the one who instructed me. And it seems personal, like on a one-on-one grow I, in accountability and I, stuff like absolutely. that. Absolutely. Which, if you watch the prequel trilogy, we don't really get that. No. And he's not his physical master. His master's Qui-Gon Jinn. So. Yeah. Which we'll talk about in a future Star Wars film in yep, depth. Yep. But, yeah, it just, just kind of leaves questions that, you know, it really doesn't answer. So, that's just kind of out there. Yeah. So, kind of weird. Just so you take them onto account, it's a weakness. But, yeah. I get over it, because this movie's so good. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's... And even my nitpicks, you know, I can kind of, you know, not be as in-depth into them, because this movie's great. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I don't have questions concerning question. Empire Strikes Back, which... One that I think, you know, just going back on the lines of, you know, what we know about this trilogy, uh, the All-Star Wars in general and stuff. But for this movie in particular, like, when does Vader know that Luke Skywalker is his son? Mm-hmm. Because I always thought that it was when Vader talked with the Emperor. Like, it kind of seems like... That's when Vader should have the aha moments that Luke is his son. But yet, in the opening crawl, we have it seeing that Darth Vader is searching for Luke Skywalker, you know, Rebel who blew up the Death Star, that kind of thing. And it makes me think that Vader knows who Luke Skywalker is and he's actively pursuing him. That's why, like, he's so involved that he goes down to Hoth when the Empire is invading it. Mm. You know, he wouldn't. He wouldn't go down himself. He would just send stormtroopers if he didn't think it was super important. But he physically went down there. So that kind of shows that he, I would think, really wants Luke Skywalker captured. And I would think that he knows who he is. So the movie kind of sends two different messages that I'm not really sure which to believe. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm kind of uncertain in the question why I have it. Just Mm -hmm. kind of doesn't make sense to me. I think that's the problem as well with... uh prequel knowledge and just the own inconsistency in the movie because yeah like you like you say like it's in the crawl but if it's either not in the crawl if it's not in the crawl we gotta know why vader somehow specifically looking for the millennium falcon and why he keeps on following it like he's after someone um and then they we find out that this young Skywalker, which the Emperor already seems to know. I wonder what the Emperor knows. That's the question. How does the Emperor yeah, how's know? Yeah, how does the Emperor know? Exactly. I assume that, like, Emperor just deducts in his own mind that this must be the offspring of Anakin Skywalker. Because maybe in the Emperor's knowledge, there's no living Jedi left. So it has to be something related to Anakin because he only believes he's the only living Jedi left. Um, but then again, you don't really. That could be taken loosely because we never get explained as to how he knows that Luke is Anakin's son other than the last name but how would you know the last name and um, 
and you know would vader assume that the skywalker is a very broad name that a ton of people have it I mean, which we've it, never heard a skywalker game name used out of the context outside of the context of just anakin's immediate family mm-hmm. so like like we've mentioned that just kind of raises more questions than it does kind of answer mm-hmm. you know which again that's just a that's a nitpick I, I, to me, it's a nitpick. It's not something I tremble over every time. Right. It's just a question that I had watching it yeah. this time. Mm-hmm. Just not really sure about that. Yeah. So how? Yeah. How did he know? That's a question that always goes into my mind. But then he ends up finding out, no matter if he knew or not, by the emperor telling him that, "Hey, this is the offspring. This is your son." So. Right. Exactly. N- the movie gets better. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they explain it in a. Expanded universe novel that's no longer canon. Thank you, Disney. <laughs> but I do have well, one more uh, question that I think, you know, could uh, grant it a few-minute discussion, which I'm kind of curious how you would think about this. So, I'm not exactly sure when this happened. I know this happened after the events of A New Hope. Mm-hmm. But Luke's, uh, Mark Hamill, who plays Luke Skywalker got in a car accident before filming a new Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. And it affected his face. I think he had to do surgery that resulted in changing his look a little bit. Mm-hmm. And at the and then and the in the movie itself when they started filming, you know, they have that scene where where Luke gets attacked by the Wampa and the Wampa scratches his face and you know takes him back and they eventually rescue Luke all that. But my question is that, do you think, because uh, this is a theory that's been going around for a while, is do you think that they had that Wampa attack happen the way it did so that they could, you know, explain in the movie why that happened? Mm. Or do you think that's utter nonsense? Like, I'm just curious what, what you think about that. Um... I could think both in a way. Um, that, uh, I mean, would it be, would it be convenient of them to know that this happened and they know Luke has been, uh, Mark's been in this terrible accident? We don't want him to look this way in the movie, so at Hoth we'll have the shot of something scratching his face. Um, if that is true, in a sense that that's like, okay, that's smart filmmaking. If it is true, of course, if the theory is correct. Right. But, I mean, the, I mean, if they shoot that shot early in development, I mean, I mean, I guess it depends if you want some theories of Star Wars to be true, of behind the scenes, like... Did Han and Leia, did the actresses and actors actually have affairs and stuff like that? According did to Carrie Fisher, they did. Sometimes, some people say they did, but some may say, no, it was just a, it was just something that they did, and they were just good friends off screen, but they yeah. weren't relationships. But then you have quotes from Carrie Fisher and stuff like that that said they were a little bit more physical than some people realize. Um, so, and they're obviously not married to each other in real life, so. And one of them's dead, so you can't really. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Carrie Fisher's passed away since then. Rip mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher. We still miss you. Yep. Um, I don't know what they give on that statement. Like, I kind of... I, I like when some things could be true, but it might not be true. Like, I guess that's the thing about, you know, theories like that. Like, you know, there's multiple film theories about different things, like mm-hmm. why this happened in a particular way and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that doesn't really necessarily, you know, n- negate that. Does it necessarily, you know, really matter to the movie? Yeah. My answer is no. Even though I'm kind of on the viewpoint that it's just an amazing coincidence that they didn't really necessarily plan that that way. Mm-hmm. But it could fairly well be true. Like, that mm-hmm. that could be what happened. But we'll never know. Yeah. Only George Lucas knows. Almighty Father George Lucas, who created Star Wars. <laughs> the granddaddy of the entire universe. Granddaddy of everything. Mm-hmm. So that's just a cool theory that I thought, just kind of bring that out there. Because that's what I immediately thought of when watching, you know, the Wampa attack scene. Yeah. So I thought mm. that was... I didn't know that. That's interesting, though. 
Yeah. I know he got in an accident. But, yeah. Guess we'll never know. Mark Hamill does look better, though, after the accident, I think. In this yeah. movie. And, and it makes him look a little bit more mature. Because mm-hmm. he, he did look like a really kind blonde kind of Ken doll in A New Hope. <laughs> yeah. And even when you watch the holiday special, he looks a lot like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I don't know, just, just kind of an interesting theory to throw out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Yep, I agree too. So, so that's all the questions I had. I didn't really have too much. I mean, how can you question one of the greatest movies ever made? Yeah. Yep. So, uh, we have been debating our heads if this movie is better than episode four and uh this isn't going to be a surprise to us because we already know what our answers are but to have it live on recording um to give my grade and this view of this movie um what can how can you give more praise to this movie than what's already been said in culture so but with that um i believe this movie is better than uh four I believe this movie is a 98. It's it's better than 4. It's the best it's the best Star Wars movie I guess in our line of talking about these that we've talked about since and uh I'll declare it's the best Star Wars movie of all time. Um so um but we'll talk about the rest of them. Oh yeah, we definitely will. Mm-hmm. Got like eight more to talk about. Yeah. But this to give some statements of why I love this movie so much, like, there are just certain movies, and I tend to say they're all A movies for me. Any movie that's an A on my list would be one that's maybe also critically received, but more received for me and how I like it. But it's a movie I can watch at any point, at any time, and I would watch it with friends, watch it with someone that hasn't seen any any of the other movies before. If it's just in an A category... It's something I'm I can watch anytime, anytime. So, um, B movies are sometimes there, but if I love a certain movie and think it's an A, I'm going to watch it anytime. And this movie I can watch anytime. I have so many memories of watching this movie, of eating it with hot chocolate with the cookie after sledding, <laughs> watching it and. I watch this movie, and it's just like I experience a new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I watch it for the 500th, 500th time, and you get more out of their relationship with Leia and Han. You get more out of, uh, real like, realistically, how would you do training with Yoda? Would I be like, you, uh, like Luke at all? Would I doubt myself? Knowing that I probably would. I mean, I just, there's so many good things, like, Oh, man. I don't think... I'm glad Disney hasn't got their hands around Vader. Because I feel like they could have changed some things about Vader. But this movie just did so good with Darth Vader. The writing, the oh. music. Oh. Made him a, like a nemesis. Yes. But gave him power. Mm-hmm. And made him one of the best villains of all time. But also one of the best... Like, other than you could say the 22 movies of the MCU circling around Thanos... Before then, there's been no villain that has controlled an entire trilogy of movies, unlike Darth Vader. He has spawned a prequels about him, he spawned the originals, and he spawned extra movies after him about effects from him. Mm-hmm. So, like, this character was just given a, a chance to glow and to shine, and Darth Vader's one, like, there's some things in the prequels that we'll get to talk about him that are... Technically canon, but that George changed and George did to him. But with that being aside, like, the guy in the mask and watching it in the originals without taking any of that there, that's the best character that um, George created. I would say Darth Vader is the most, one of the most intriguing characters ever created in fiction. And easily the most iconic. Mm-hmm. One of the most iconic. So, um, and Luke is one of my closest characters I attach to by my heart. Being that he is the son of this dark Sith Lord and he redeems them in the end. Spoiler. But, uh, I don't know. I, I, this movie gets 98, two points because no movie can be 100. Um, but this movie is an A plus still. Um, it's better than five. I have said that four better is better. 
Oh, it's better than four. Um, five is better than four, excuse me. I have had, at one point, put four in front of it. And I had before I watched this movie. Um, but this is the Empire Strikes Back of Empire Strikes Back. It is the original. It deepens the theology. Deepens the heart for Star Wars. Deepens the fan base for Star Wars. And I wish I could have been my dad watching that in 1980 in the theaters. And, oh, yeah. Um, just experiencing it, um, creating the Star Wars, uh, I don't know, fandom that has grown on past then. I mean, 1977 Star Wars created fandom, but without this movie, it wouldn't have moved on for 45 more years. So, for 40 years. So, it's 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 a hard sometimes to go between 4 and 5, but I can def- definitely say that 5, um, not putting any shame on 4. Five is the best Star Wars movie um, so far that we've reviewed, and I think of all time. Wow! So ninety-eight A, super recommend. Watch four before you watch five, though, um, so that you can understand the world. And if you don't like four, you probably won't like five. <laughs> um, and definitely don't start with the prequels. Oh um, no, not episode one. Do not start there because you would just. I'm sorry, like I don't care if you do start in the prequels. Maybe you like those more. But those break the reveal. Yeah. And you don't get that awesome reveal in five. Even if you watch the five hundred times, it's still like if you think uh cinematically of that reveal and how Luke has no knowledge of one to three and what he's been told, how interesting that reveal is, that his mentor was lying to him, or is Darth Vader lying to him? Is he really the son of this dark Sith Lord? Um, and it's it's great. I've already said a ton of that's already been said on the internet, but, uh, I mean, this, this is my view, and I, I'm glad to have friends that love these movies as I do, at camp, at school, um, my family, at home, uh, not as much, but the ones at camp just do as much, and I love talking about it, because people can have different views of even five in itself, like, some could say, well, I like this Yoda line over this Yoda line, or Vader is cooler here than he is there, or, you know, uh, some people love the Han and Leia romance like more than other people do, and it's just cool to really talking about because it deepens your theology and you can say, "Well, I like this character Luke more than I like Han because of what this movie does for Luke," or "I like this about Han because what this happens," or "My favorite character is Lando because he appears for the first time in this movie." There's a lot of just conversations I've had about oh, yeah. why people love Star Wars, and I believe it starts. Uh, Star Wars starts the discussion, but this deepens the discussion oh, into a lot more things. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's what I would say. So just have My it for record. Statements. Have it for the record forever. Zach's favorite one, episode five. And I do not throw shade on four, but I give full praise on this movie, which is least touched by George Lucas. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. It says something. <laughs> or does it say something? It does say something. It needs to be touched by George Lucas. There you go. Oh, well, I know some people who might disagree with that, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's almost like picking your favorite child, which is better, like you don't want to, but if you put a gun to your head, you kind of have to, you know, but I, I know, great, great analogy, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, I, 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 I like people, okay? Please, please do not get the wrong impression, and I like babies too, okay? So just, just put that out there. Um, you know... My my main thing watching episode five for this time because I've watched episode five countless times. Mm-hmm. Like I've watched all the Star Wars films so many times, except some of the newer ones I have only watched a few times. Is the idea of is this my favorite Star Wars film, or is it not? So that that was a question that I had, and that's what I'm going to eventually answer for you. But the one thing I you know, gotta say just about sequels in general, is that usually sequels do not live up to the original film. That's true. And if you could see in my dorm room right now, I have a a pretty decent movie collection, I would say. And just kind of going through all the different franchises that I have, I look at quite a few of them, and just how often the first film is great and the rest of the sequels do not live up to that first one. You know, for example, the Iron Man sequels. Mm-hmm. We reviewed Iron Man not too long ago. Mm-hmm. That movie's awesome, 
the other two Iron Man films, not quite as good. Mm-hmm. The Jurassic Park franchise. Oh, yeah. First Jurassic Park. It is precious. Oh, so precious. One of the best Steven Spielberg films ever made. The rest of the sequels, a couple are okay, and some are just not that good at all. And even the Men in Black trilogy, the first one is really good. The other two just aren't as good either. So there's a lot of franchises that are like that. But every now and then, you have that franchise, that sequel, that sometimes lives up to the original, or even beats the original. You know, your Dark Knights, or your Captain America the Winter Soldiers. This is one of those sequels that, to me, goes toe-to-toe with the first one. And we've talked a lot about why we think this movie is great. Why I think this movie's great. I mean, the characters are just so good. You know, I love, you know, Luke and Han and Yoda and Boba Fett, Lando, Darth Vader. I mean, how I, I could talk about Darth Vader all day long about how great he is. I mean, he's great. I mean, all these characters are just amazing in this film. Great performances and all. And, you know, it's just amazing how they're able to take the Force. Such such a cool idea and a new hope. But just explain that even further in this film. And really make it something that people can study, can invest in. Could even write thesis papers about the Force. Mm -hmm. Just so how great this movie explained it. I love it. Romance is great. You know, the the action and music, you know, just like in the first one. And and this one is just so good. You have a different music score that just works so well for this movie. And the action, you know, like I mentioned, you know, from the Battle of Hoth to that amazing lightsaber fight with just so much going on in there. Just Mm -hmm. so much cool stuff going on. And the fact that this movie just leaves you even though we know watching episode six the answers and how the story gets resolved just having that feeling of a little bit of you know despair you know with all our characters being down and the empire being on top Mm -hmm. but yet there's a little hope too with you know lando and chewie going to rescue han like all that is just really cool just how the movie ends you know this movie is just so fascinating i'm just so fascinated watching it every single time and it's one of those movies that every time i watch it i always pick up something new mm-hmm. and you know when, when we watched this movie yesterday you know i just was quoting this movie left and right i think zach got a little annoyed when i would say a line before mm-hmm. you know the line would actually say it which they said it a lot better than <laughs> how i could ever possibly do it yeah but you know it's it's just great. I mean, even with the couple nitpicks that I have and the couple questions that I had th- for this movie, that's not bad. When you have nitpicks for a great movie like this, when you're kind of stretching a little bit to find something wrong, mm-hmm. that's a good thing. Because, yeah, no movie's perfect, but this movie just doesn't have a whole lot wrong with it. It just makes it pretty great. And, and that's what I think about this film. Even with... 3PO kind of being a little annoying and with the pacing being a little off I at times I still got to give it to this movie I give it to everybody involved you know Kirshner bringing a different directorial style than George Lucas brought to the first one Mm -hmm. and just the actors bringing their A game the effects people who you know just made these effects still work even 40 years later you know almost for you know this movie is almost 40 years old Mm -hmm. and these effects still work you know take the special edition out of the equation it's just cool how this movie still holds up and how this movie is menacing it's it's a punch to the gut really you know but it just it works so well so that's why i had a difficult time because obviously this this movie is amazing you know and i i give this movie an a plus you know along lines with zach like it it is really good. It is, it, it's what changed this franchise from being just good movies to being a mega franchise that is still talked about, that new movies are still coming out. You can still buy Star Wars toys in the toy section mm-hmm. because of this film. This turned Star Wars into a mega franchise. Because if this movie had not worked, had it been 
you know, okay or not really that well liked, who knows where Star Wars would be at? Would we even still be talking about Star Wars? Because, yes, Episode 4 was great, but if the sequels weren't that good, who knows if people will still be talking about it? Mm -hmm. But thankfully, that never happened, despite, you know, there being some, you know, different opinions back in the day of Star Wars, of this movie. It, it still really holds up well. I absolutely love it. It's, it's a strong recommend for sure. But the real question that I had watching this film is, is this movie better than episode four? It's very difficult because mm -hmm. both these films are different. Like I mentioned, A New Hope is basically a fast-paced action space adventure. Episode five is that, but it's also deep. It's got you know, a little bit heart to it and emotions and it's emotional journey kind of and dark. So they're both kind of different films, which I very much appreciate that because how many movies do we have where the sequels are basically the same as the first one? No real originality out of them. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate that. But the question, you know, is still, still thinking about is which one is better to me. After watching episode four, I thought that I was going to put that on top episode four is really good i love that film i can quote it like crazy because i've watched it so many times but honestly i kind of love episode five just a little bit more because it fixes some of the issues like like the lightsaber fight mm -hmm. they fixed it big time in this movie yep. And the musical score, you know, I didn't think they could fix anything about the musical score, but they did with the Imperial March and just the the chase sequence and the meteor shower, just really good score there, you know? And just deep dive deeping into these characters and the force. Mm -hmm. I just I just feel a great connection to this film that while I do love episode four, do not get me wrong, that is a really good film. I just I kinda give the edge a little bit more to Empire Strikes Back for those reasons. Mm -hmm. And I just, I gotta say that for right now, I mean, who knows? Who knows, you know, watching the other Star Wars films, my opinion could change. Mm -hmm. I don't know how it could, but it could. Mm -hmm. I just, I gotta give it to the Empire Strikes Back just a little bit more for the reasons I just described. So overall, I absolutely love the Empire Strikes Back. I think it is one of the best sequels of all time. One of the best films ever made of all time. It, it's just right up there with some of the best. I love this film a lot. It's really good. So I give it an A+. I give it a really strong recommend. Definitely see this film. But don't have this be your first Star Wars experience. Yeah. Like Zach said, definitely watch Episode Four first because you get to be introduced to the characters and everything. You know, Definitely watch that first. And do not start with the prequels. Please, if you're a first-time Star Wars fan, don't. Don't start with the prequels. I beg of you, don't. But, you know, if you want to, I, I can't stop you. But, you know, it's it's just a really good film. I really enjoy it. So it's a really strong recommend. Definitely go and watch Episode 5. It is one of, if not the best, uh, films ever made. And yeah. one of the best sequels ever made. So... Mm -hmm. It's going to be tough to beat this one. Mm -hmm. Who knows? There might be a Star Wars film that could be, but well, I guess we'll do the rest of the Star Wars franchise to find out. Yeah. But this is definitely a high point. One of, one of, just a great film. Strong recommend A+. Mm -hmm. So, yes. This is Star Wars Episode Five. Empire Strikes Back. It's always fun to review. Oh, and just fun to talk about. Mm -hmm. You know, cause, because like we mentioned, you know, this is the reason why we can still talk about Star Wars and why, you know, we have franchises like we do today, like we have the MCU and mm -hmm. other franchises like that. It's because of this film and how great it's descended into our culture. It's, yeah. It's just really cool. Can't, can't beat it. Yeah. So, so I hope that you guys enjoyed us talking about episode five, just as much fun as we had to watch it. Do a recording I love it. and record it again. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's passion right there. Mm -hmm. So, had a great time watching it and yeah. reviewing it. Uh, next week, we are we're not sure which Star Wars film we're going to do. We're definitely going to do another Star Wars film. 
we're kind of debating if we're going to jump right into the prequels with episode 1, or if we're going to finish the original trilogy with episode 6, Return of the Jedi. We're not quite sure yet. We're discussing that. But don't worry. By next week, we'll have that figured out. Yeah. And another movie that, you know, that's not, not on Star Wars to thirst your appetite for more. So mm-hmm. we'll have that next week. So uh, that's, that's really all that we got. So yeah, uh, hope you guys can. Fun. Yeah, uh, so much fun. Hope that you guys can join us then. Mm-hmm. So this was the Star Wars Empire Strikes Back review. Thanks for listening. Yep, signing off. See and, you. And may the force be with you. You said it. See you guys. It.